Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Coach Grayson Show podcast. Hey, send me a text, Coach G, all lowercase, to 31996. I promise it's me. It's not just another computer. Okay, now let's get to today's episode. Guys, I got Eric Hinman here with me. He's an endurance athlete, two-time Kona Ironman. He's the co-founder of several startups like Urban Life Athlete, a couple of restaurants, one of them being the original Grainsters, which is in New York, I believe. It is. Uh, and you also have another startup, the Endurance Squad. So you live a hell of a lifestyle. Uh, you know, I kind of started following you on Instagram and seeing, you know, how much uh, your life's just a real big adventure. What what drives, you know, first things first, what drives that passion of, you know, living your life as an adventure? Yeah. Uh, so my life started being based around health and wellness probably around 10 years ago when I first started training for triathlon and I had no idea how to swim. I ran cross country and track in high school. So I had a bit of a running background, but I was no, by no means an elite runner and I had no biking background and, uh, signed up for my first sprint triathlon and almost drowned in the swim. I oh, passed, <laughs> passed some people on the bike, passed more people on the run. And it was just so fulfilling. And, you know, in most of my twenties, I was doing what most 20 year olds do. I was chasing career status and chasing income and chasing material things. And I really feel like triathlon started to shift, shift my perspective in life where, you know, it just was more fulfilling for me to go out and like better my run pace at the same heart rate and, you know, have a better bike wattage and, you know, learning how to swim. And I just kept craving like longer and longer races. So I did an Olympic distance and then a half Ironman and then a full Ironman and just got addicted to, you know, feeling good all of the time. And by feeling good, I mean so much more than like looking a certain way or just being fit. It's like I had tremendous mental clarity. I had positive energy that I was able to share with the world and you know I was just able to get like into my groove into my flow state every single day by doing these things that I love which a lot of it is based around health and wellness and and being outside and then you know sharing that with the world to like don't go through the motions like find your passion and purpose find those things that really make you tick and you know do those things every single day and if you do that and share positive energy with the world you'll you'll attract opportunities back to you and hopefully right. be able to monetize it that's awesome. Now, for people who don't know, how far exactly is an Ironman race? An Ironman is 2.4 mile swim, 112 mile bike, and then a marathon, 26.2 okay. mile run. You know, that's kind of what I want to go into with all this. So I mean, with how active you are, what does your daily routine typically look like? Yeah, I wake up. I just got a, uh, I bought a friend's espresso machine. So my new thing in the morning has been perfecting the art of making amazing espresso and cappuccinos, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> which is really right. fun. Honestly, my mornings are kind of slow. Like for the first hour, I'm making espresso, taking my supplements in the morning, drinking water, uh, and then just kind of planning out the day. And then from there, it's a workout. I, I like to start every day, like in my mind with wins. So mm -hmm. for me, a workout is like one way to get that first win for the day. So, I mean, for example, this morning, I, I went running around 845, got in nine miles and, uh, 
you know, after usually it's something like this, where um, on a podcast, I'm meeting with a like-minded person, I'm meeting someone new, I'm meeting another entrepreneur or creative for lunch. Um, that's also something that I thrive on is just like meeting like-minded people, um, trying to add value where I can and just building my network and introducing people to other people. Um, that's awesome. After that lunch meeting, and I, I go to the same place every single day for lunch. My diet is pretty much the same. Eat the same things every day when I'm here in Denver at the same time, same places. And then in the afternoon, I go off and do uh, some kind of adventure, usually mountain biking, trail running, hiking. Um, three days a week right now, I'm doing strength training. So I'll go into the gym and do CrossFit type workouts. And then uh, I'll either find a cold stream after that workout to sit in a cold stream for five to 10 minutes, or I will head back to Denver and I go to a place called Denver Sports Recovery, which is a gem for um, anyone seeking uh, ways to reduce inflammation and like boost energy. I sit in an infrared sauna there for 50 minutes, and then I do three rounds of contrasting baths. So sitting in a cold tub for about five to 10 minutes and then sitting in the hot tub for five to 10 minutes. Have you ever done the? Have you ever tried cryotherapy? And that kind of seems a big thing nowadays. Yeah, I have. I like cryo. My girlfriend loves cryo. She swears by it. Um, When I'm traveling and I don't have a ton of time, it's something I'll definitely do. But for me, my body responds really well to like sitting in the cold streams or a cold tub. I definitely feel benefits of doing cryotherapy. I recover quicker. It reduces inflammation. But I feel like when I sit in the cold tub, I get so much more of a high from it um, just because it's it's so much more uncomfortable. Do you feel like you get even more of a high with the cold streams since it's more of a natural source of water versus being in a tub with, you know, more chemicals that, you know, obviously are necessary? Definitely. I think a being outside, being in the sun, and then also these cold streams, they're really freaking cold. <laughs> uh, oh, I, I mean, in, in the wintertime, like sitting in Boulder Creek, it's below 30 because it's fast moving water. I mean, you can find pockets where it hasn't frozen over. And I mean, you're sitting in like 29 degree water. So uh, oh, within three, within three minutes, you're, I mean, your body stings. And then you also mentioned supplements. Are there any particular supplements you take right now? Yeah, I take uh, a system which they have like fish oil, magnesium, just a supplement pack. They're based in LA. I take vital proteins, uh, a collagen supplement. I'm a huge believer in in collagen proteins. Take beam CBD oil in the morning, just one dropper under my tongue with my coffee. Mm -hmm. And that just gives me like focused energy. And then I also take that in the evening before going to bed. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I've been taking uh, molecular hydrogen, a new company called Vital Reaction out of Boulder. And they're just hydrogen tablets that you drop in water to have hydrogen water. Right. That's awesome. Yeah, because I know CBD seems to be the, the next big thing they're saying. And so, and the collagen protein, which is kind of funny, you know, I, I train a bunch of athletes and, you know, a wide, wide range of clientele. But, you know, people, when I, whenever I mention the collagen protein, and some people will kind of joke and be like, well, can I get collagen out of eating chicken wings? And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you can, but... <laughs> Yeah, probably. Uh, it depends what kind of chicken wings they are, whether they're healthy or not. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's kind of get down to the business side of things. Um, I know you're really big into, uh, you know, the influence marketing. Can you kind of go into detail of what exactly um, an influence marketer is? Sure. Um, so I started developing a following on social media through Ironman Triathlon. Triathlon, And this is going back to like 2011. And I was just, you know, posting 
uh, my workouts and the copious amounts of food I was eating. I wasn't really thinking about, you know, just like most people when they started Instagram that it was going to turn into a business. I was just kind of posting pictures of my life. And, you know, my life then was very much based around Ironman training. And then, you know, my following continued to grow. And in 2016, I got an opportunity from Oakley. Uh, the sunglass brand to spectate the Ironman world championships and promote their new radar pay sunglasses they were coming out with. And I think I had a following of like 10,000 people then. And that was kind of my aha moment of, wow, like brands are going to start compensating people with a following in certain niches to promote their products. So I started focusing on it more like taking high quality photos, learning photography, learning some video skills. Um, and I started thinking about like with every post, how can I add value? How can I vo evoke emotion? People really want to tune in and how can I create a community around this? And then I started reaching out to brands that I loved and saying, Hey, I love using your products and services, you know, would, you know, kind of like very Gary Vaynerchuk's method of jab, 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 right hook. I was just trying right. to add a ton of value. And then, you know, eventually brands started paying me to do it. And over the last year and a half, two years, I now have an agent who negotiates my deals for me. I've carved out my own little niche where, you know, I make sure that the product or service is going to weave in with my life so it doesn't feel like work and I'm authentically using it. Um, I like knowing the founders of the companies that I'm working with. So like I truly believe in their, pa in their story and their passion for creating the company and sharing right. their message with the world. And I also help them build out their ambassador program. So I'm introducing these brands I work with to other influencers. I'm creating content for them on the side that they can use. I'm introducing them to distribution channels and other brands. So, mm -hmm. you know, I would say that in, posting on Instagram is like 20% of what I'm doing for the brands I work with. And 80% is acting more as like a consultant and like mm -hmm. really helping them build it out. And, you know, ultimately, like you know, I know these companies are paying me, so I want to help move the needle for them. I, they're not going to keep paying me if they're not, you know, generating sales and revenue out of it. So I want to make right. sure that I'm doing the best job I can as a salesperson to like really move the needle for them. Uh, you mentioned Gary Vee and I'm, I kind of, you know, I have an athlete who I work with uh, and he actually is going up to New York. He has a meeting with Gary Vee. And cool. so he's kind of introduced me with him about his stuff. And so I looked it up and, you know, that's kind of how I'm like approaching my social media now. But what's really interesting, I think he mentions is everything about TikTok and LinkedIn, which seem like two completely separate platforms, you know, companies, or do you do anything on those platforms as well? Or what are your thoughts on that? Um, I don't just purely focused on Instagram. Mm -hmm. I'm starting to get more into video, you know, potentially I'll start doing stuff on YouTube, but you know, with Instagram, you have the stories and you have the, the Instagram TV. I don't know. I just like focusing on one thing at a time. You know, I get the idea of being, you know, across all platforms, but for me, Instagram weaves in really well with my life and really well with my skill set. So, you know, I, I focus on that. I mean, there's huge opportunities in any of those platforms. You know, there's probably less competition on LinkedIn. And if you can master the art of that for, you know, what it's relevant for, then I'm sure it's an incredible tool to capitalize on. Same thing with YouTube. If you're really good with video and you can build an audience on YouTube, like that's where people are really engaged when they're watching videos. So, you know, all of the platforms, tremendous opportunity in them. It's just Instagram weaves in best with, with my life. And mm -hmm. I'm always on the go. I'm, I'm very rarely sitting in a computer um, doing a lot of that heavy lifting work that's needed for YouTube. So that's why Instagram works well for me. I can just do it on my phone wherever I am. Right. So then what do you think people are not doing enough of regarding social media marketing for their own brands or their own companies? 
I mean, I'm seeing more and more brands working with influencers. I think it's an incredible way to, you know, spread the word. I think that, uh, you know, small businesses need to find local people and it doesn't even have to be like, you know, I don't, I don't know technically what an influencer, uh, ca- you know, categorizes them as as far as following. Right. But, you know, I mean, someone who has a following of 800 people, but, you know, they're a huge proponent of your business in your local town, like that person has influence over promoting your products and services. So, you know, I think small businesses really need to think about just on a local level, those micro influencers that love their brand, that's, you know, tagging their brand all the time on social media and reaching out to them and, you know, treating them like the VIP they are. I cannot agree more because um, that's kind of my thing is, you know, uh, here in Nebraska, there's Omaha's the biggest city with it's just probably a little over, you know, a million and a half to two million people, whereas every other town anywhere range from two thousand to to ten thousand. <laughs> so sure. it's a little different out here, but you know, I guess it kind of just depends on where the market is and where the end consumer is. You know, I mean, so, more and more eyeballs are constantly shifting towards phones um, and away from you know other traditional sources of content consumption. So you know, I think I think that's where businesses need to be putting their marketing dollars is where the eyeballs are that or even driving you know everyone's you know it's definitely not recommended but it's what people do yeah they're on their phone you know i always look around on a plane and just uh like see what the first thing people do when you know they have service back and more often than not the first thing they do is they're going to instagram they're they're not going to like their text messages to text their loved one that they landed they're going to instagram so it just goes to show like where the eyeballs are going and where the interest is right now do any other sorts of mental training just on your own meditation stuff like that uh i don't do meditation in the traditional sense of the word but you know like sitting in the cold streams i think builds mental toughness it puts me in the present moment downhill mountain biking puts me in the present moment teaches me to focus uh downhill trail running puts me in the present moment teaches me to focus um, sitting in hot saunas, you know, builds mental toughness, doing hard CrossFit workouts, build mental toughness. So, you know, I try to do all of these things on a regular basis to, you know, keep that as David Goggins says, savage mindset. And then right. also doing things again, that because tra- we're in this world where there's like information coming at us from all angles. So it's really easy to lose the ability to focus. So I like doing activities where I have to be in the present moment. I have to be focused to retrain my mind, to focus on one thing at a time you know whether it's going for a long run or sitting in that 29 degree cold stream now do you have training partners that help push you or is it usually just you out there no it's usually just me i mean sometimes when i'm doing the the polar plunges i have someone that'll join but Mm -hmm. most of my training i'm doing on my own even in the gym when i'm at the gym training there might be other people around but i'm usually doing my own thing that's that's what i consider like my work my craft so Mm -hmm. i like to do that those things you know, on my own and at my own pace and with my own work ethic. When did that spark happen? I think it was with the Ironman where, you know, I just kind of started living by the, by the mantra of better than yesterday and just really seeking human performance and, you know, what is my 100%. Mm -hmm. So, you know, probably 10 years ago is when I started shifting towards it. And then each year I would pick something new to tackle. So for example, one year it might be sleep and I would just focus on like all of the different things I could do to get better sleep for a year until it became a routine. And then the next year it was diet. And then the next year it was recovery. And, you know, one year it was purposeful training. So, 
too often I think people try to do too many things at once instead of realizing like you have a long time to accomplish like all of these things, but just focus on one thing at a time, master that, make it, you know, a routine and a habit and then move on to the next thing. Like now for me, you know, going out and running in the morning is just autopilot. Like I don't really think twice about it. Same as like what I eat or when I get to bed, like they're just on autopilot. But, you know, it takes a while to build those habits into into your life. Definitely becomes a more of a lifestyle. Exactly. And that's the key is making it a lifestyle and, you know, enjoying it and and designing your life around it. Uh, Mm -hmm. And it's just just one of those things, you know, you make it a habit and it becomes part of you and you just it becomes almost second nature, you know. Yep. Um, I kind of want to go into I got a bunch of responses. So I put a thing on this. Cool. So I want to make sure we get to some of these. So I'm not going to say these names because some of them I don't know how to pronounce. I don't want to. I don't want to offend anybody, but one person said, what's the number one most important thing to do every day? Build your day around wins. I really think that's the most important thing. So like, I know what my wins are. I know what I need to do every single day to feel fulfilled. And it's different for each person. Mm-hmm. You know, Tim Ferriss preaches about like making your bed in the morning and starting with like a really simple win. It's it's figuring out like what things bring you positive energy, people bring you positive energy, what places bring you positive energy, what activities bring you positive energy, and then building your day around those things. So you're just like racking up wins every single day. And then, you know, you feel you feel fulfilled in life because you're you're living out your purpose. Yeah, definitely. Uh, another question that the same person had was how cautious are you about avoid, avoiding low quality vegetable oils in your diet? So obviously, you, I'm sure you have a very clean diet and very strict to a routine, but I'll, I'll let you kind of go into detail about that a little more. Yeah. So when I'm in Denver, I'm usually eating the exact same things at the same restaurants every single day. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I know those places, you know, have good ingredients. When I travel, same thing. I try to seek out healthy restaurants, but I don't like abide by any strict diet. You know, I don't, I'm not paleo. I'm not vegan. I'm not vegetarian. I try to eat mainly vegetables, lots of eggs, lean proteins. So yeah, I, I, I do uh, try to avoid um, processed foods and, you know, vegetable oils. If I see it in a label, I'm not going to buy it, but I wouldn't say I'm just like a complete stickler about it. You know, sometimes Mm -hmm. I'm going to have a dessert at a restaurant and I know I'm going to feel like crap the next day from it, but I feel like doing it. So I do it. (laughs) You got to live a little bit, right? Yeah, exactly. Kind of like, you know, 85-15 rule where 85% of the time I'm pretty cautious about everything. And then 15% of the time I'm traveling and, and, you know, indulging somewhat. Right. So this person asked, the best food in Denver. (laughs) Mm, Best food in Denver. Well, my my go-to place is Green Seed Market in Denver Central Market. And it's counter service fast casual restaurant that makes incredible salads, smoothie bowls, smoothies, juices. And I have my signature salad there called the Eric salad. So oh, nice. if you're Thank in you. Denver, I would highly recommend getting the Eric salad at Green Seed Market. Uh, that, that's my go-to. But as far as like experiential dining, I really like Vital Root. I like Root Down. I like Avanti. I like Ashkara. I like Just Be Kitchen. So there's a, there's a few for you. I'm going to have to, next time I go to Denver, I'm going to have to try those out. Oh, hell yeah. There's some great food here. Oh, yeah. So we'll go, there's just two more that I think were are, are really good questions. Another one is, would you say you fall into a calorie deficit with all the output that you do? How do you energize yourself while you're training? 
yeah, I, I definitely do. I mean, I'm really lean. I keep a low body fat, uh, low body fat percentage pretty much year round. Mm-hmm. Um, just cause I do a lot of aerobic conditioning, mountain biking and running and hiking and trail running. And I'm more concerned about performance than I am about like, you know, building muscle or even looking a certain way. Like I just want to feel strong. I want to be anaerobically fit. I want to be aerobically fit. And honestly, I don't eat a lot throughout the day. I eat most of my calories at night, which I know is the opposite of what they tell you to do. But I'm exercising so much throughout the day that I eat just enough to be able, you know, not to feel hungry. But when I eat too much, it zaps my energy and I, you know, don't feel like going hard or long. So, yeah, I'm in a calorie deficit probably until uh, the evening when I have most of my calories. And again, that works for me just because, you know, then I'm going to sleep afterwards and I don't need to have all the energy that I had to the day for the day to hit the workouts. I honestly perform best, you know, with just like two or 300 calories in my system. Um, like this morning before my nine mile run, it was a little over an hour. I had a cappuccino uh, with just like a little almond milk, probably a half a cup. So, you know, what's that? Maybe 50 calories that I had before I went off and ran. And that, that's an aerobic workout, you know, right. doing that at like a 130 heart rate. If I was going to do a CrossFit workout, like, you know, lifting heavy weights or doing something anaerobic where I'm burning through glycogen, then I would usually have a smoothie bowl with like half a banana, half an avocado, two big handfuls of spinach and plant-based protein powder and some almond milk. So maybe 350 calories before doing that. And then for workouts under two hours, I usually don't really fuel, um, you know, I just might have a little something beforehand. If it's over two hours, I've been bringing, uh, I have a friend who started a company in Washington, D.C. called Dave's Serious Bars. And he has these primal energy bars and soul surfer bars that are made with like healthy fats. So nuts and seeds, MCT oil, you know, like really good healthy fats. There's some carbs in them. There's mango in one of them. And I think the other might have uh, like dates or banana in it. But mm-hmm. uh, I love his bars for anything over two hours so if i'm going off on a three or four hour bike ride i'll bring that with me because you know after a couple hours i will start to get hungry and my performance will really start to suffer especially if i'm doing it at elevation right so i'll have that and then um yeah, I like vital proteins, collagen water. I'll usually fill my water bottle with that. So I'm getting some more protein in um, with their collagen waters. Right. And then if, if I'm going really hard, like in a race, all of that goes out the window. I'm going to be fueling on more like sugar-based things like Humagels and, you know, some kind of performance drink that has electrolytes just because I'm, you know, pushing the pace more than I usually do. It's no longer aerobic and I'm burning through glycogen. So I'm going to fuel with more simple sugars. Right. No, that's awesome. Uh, well, I'll, I'll make sure to put. What was the bar? What was the what was the bar your, your friend's company? Yeah, had? it's it's called Dave's Serious Bar. Cool. Yeah. So if anybody's interested in those, I'll make sure to put the link to the company's website in the in the show notes because uh, I, I I I actually might order some because that sounds really good. <laughs> uh, dude, they're delicious. Get yeah. the get his Soul Surfer bars, especially if you like mango and pecans. They're so goddamn Ooh, good. Yeah. Now we're talking. <laughs> hmm. uh, this last one I think is probably the best one so far. Um, what's the biggest challenge you've seen when building yourself as a brand and how did you overcome it? Um, so I come from the Northeast where there's a, a big perception around like working and not working. And, you know, a lot of the influencer stuff, it just looks like you're kind of playing all of the time mm-hmm. as opposed to like sitting at a, a desk and, and, you know, doing a, a typical, you know, white or blue collar job. Um, so I think just overcoming the perception of others 
probably was the hardest thing in the beginning of like, you know, I'm doing what I love every day. Sure. It looks like I'm just working out and playing, but you know, I'm also creating content and adding value and moving the needles for these different brands I'm working with. And you know, you go to more lifestyle based cities like a Denver and Austin, uh, Los Angeles and Miami. And, you know, that's more of the culture where people are just doing what they love. And it's very lifestyle based as opposed to like the public perception of what does, you know, work at nine to five look like. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it was getting over that. Um, and then <clears throat> second, uh, I think it was just figuring out how to price it. You know, it's still Mm -hmm. kind of the wild west. So it was figuring out like what value am I, am I adding and what is the appropriate way to add like all of these people I've met through the years and you know, this audience that I have and you know, my knowledge in marketing and building a brand and you know, how do I, how do I, how do I bundle that into a service and how do I price it? And it took years for me to, to figure that out. And it's just kind of trial and error of like, you know, what, what do these brands want? What are they looking for? Where do they need help? How, you know, and then how can I add my unique value and service uh, and then price it ap- appropriately? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Because that's what I feel like. I feel like a lot of people actually undervalue themselves because um, I know that's something I kind of did in the beginning of my career going into more private stuff, you know, because I mean, I worked, you know, with collegiate and professional teams, you know, where we're more salary based and then going to a private setting and it's like, well, I have no idea what I'm worth. But I guess, you know, after, you know, after doing it for two years, you kind of start to find out. Plus, you know, obviously, um, you know where you're, you know, where the location of your cust- of your of your customers and all that obviously plays a role as well. Yep, so true. You know, um, cool. Well, uh, we're kind of get down the wire here. I just wanted to ask one more thing, uh, which I ask everybody at the end: What's the one piece of advice you have some, for somebody who's struggling right now? Whether it's mental strength, business, life, anything. What's your what, What's your one last piece of advice you give to somebody? Um, so I I really think like living a fulfilled life is figuring out like what your purpose is and then building your life around your purpose. So, um, you know, backstepping into that, it's a being mindful. So just understanding like throughout the day, what things brought you positive energy where you just, you know, felt amazing and you didn't want to be anywhere else in that given moment, what people are bringing you positive energy and what people are bringing you down, making sure that you're surrounding yourself with people that want to see you thrive and people that are bringing you that positive energy. Um, And then building your day around, you know, those wins and we're just figuring out like, what are those wins for you and how can your build your day around it and then how can you potentially monetize a portion of it right definitely and not care what people say about you (laughs) exactly yeah Uh, that's funny awesome well thank you eric i really appreciate you hopping on this podcast with me you the man thanks grayson Uh, take care bye